Growing a successful design business is hard work. There's so much to do and so little time to get it all done, not to mention the actual design work. The good news is that we are here to help. I'm Krista, the WordPress developer and website strategist from KristaRay.co. And I'm Corey, the designer and creative coach from CoreyWoodard.com. In the Get Back to Design podcast, we're going to share strategies and tools to help streamline and grow your design business, ditch the code and anything else you don't love, and well, get back to design. Grab a cup of coffee, open that Illustrator file you've been working on, and let's dive in. So one of the most asked questions that I see, Krista, is definitely how to get more clients. I feel like I see this question everywhere all the time for all niches, but specifically for designers. And I don't know about you, but I get it. It can be difficult to consistently attract those new clients and keep work coming in, but... Let me change the subject for a second. Your marketing could be totally amazing. So you could be doing everything in the world to get all the clients. And there's something that's still holding you back. So you feel like you're marketing yourself so much day and night. You're doing everything that all the people tell you to do. And I can tell you that the number one thing that's probably holding you back at that point is your website. So it's your website that is keeping people from booking those services with you and maybe even just inquiring about working with you. And I know that you talked about just website mistakes designers make that cost them clients back in episode 16. And today, I just wanted to build off that episode and talk a little bit more about how you can use your website to get clients. And we're going to break this down into each specific page on your site so we can be as clear as mud, as we say here (laughs) in the South, and help everyone figure this out. I think this is a great idea. A lot of people know how to use maybe certain parts of their website to get clients, but then there are a few other pages they have no idea or they don't even think of using in a way to help them bring clients in. Or I would I would guess even more people just focus on their services page and kind of just have the rest of their website as whatever everybody else does. So I'm excited to dive into some good tips here for everyone. Yep. And just to, um, I guess, give a disclaimer here, a lot of this stuff is actually stuff that we've talked about in other episodes, mm-hmm. stuff that you have gone pretty deep into with all of your strategies. So if you guys feel like we are beating a dead horse, we are, but <laughs> we it's because we have to, exactly. <laughs> we have to tell you tell you guys these things multiple times to make sure that you're really learning it, and then when you finally learn it enough to want to put it into action on your website. So with that being said, let's go on ahead and get started, and we're going to start obviously with the homepage. So this is the first thing that people see, and that means it is vital to make the right impression on this page. So you can do this by making sure that you're being informative and building trust right away on your homepage. And I have a few ways that you can do both of those things. 
So first up, I think it's really important, especially for designers and designers who have a niche, which I hope is the majority of them who are listening right now, um, to include a tagline or some kind of mission statement on their website. So think about what you do specifically and who you do it for. It makes it really obvious right away um, what you do, obviously, like I said. So if someone isn't looking for a wedding invite designer, then they know they can keep looking and just close out of your website. Or if they aren't who you work with, so if they aren't maybe someone in the pet field, I don't know, that just (laughs) came to mind, um, they can keep right on moving on. So a good example of this is on my site, it says purposeful and beautiful designs for professional bloggers and female-led lifestyle brands. So this right away is going to let every single person who lands on my homepage know that this is what I do and who I do it for. Now, obviously, this is a little bit vague. I could be more clear about what kind of designs, but it is a good idea at least to be specific on one of these so people know right away. Yeah, I think this is really, really important. I always encourage people to have, I don't know, I think I say this because I see so many people that just say things like, I do design or something like that. It's like, I don't care, you know? So having something like you have, I think this is great, or something that really speaks to the results you get your clients is so, so important. And like you said, yours could be more specific, but I think this is a perfect start. It's going to pull in the right people. It might pull in some of the wrong people in that spot where you could get more specific, but female-led lifestyle brands, that's going to catch the attention of people. Someone who wants design, whether they want website design or something else, the fact that you say beautiful designs, that's going to catch their attention. So I think something like this is great. Um, Anyone who has something that focuses on results is great too, as long as you don't just have nothing or something like website I do website design or something like that (laughs) yeah that's what I was just thinking just um recently as of recording this we had a huge influx of people requesting to join our group and I looked at a lot of their websites and it just said you know I'm a designer I'm a graphic designer I'm a I do branding it's Mm -hmm. like okay well tell me more than that that's obvious I feel like If someone is looking at 10 websites of designers, they're all going to land on the site and be like, I already know you're a designer, so what's the big deal about that? Yeah. (laughs) So, yes, make sure you are including some sort of tagline or mission statement. And I like to include mine in the header, so it's one of the very first things that people see. Mm -hmm. And then I kind of touch on those same words, those same exact phrase throughout different places on my site um, to kind of keep bringing it back to the niche and what I do. I like that idea. So the next thing you want to include on your homepage would just be strategic calls to action. And I know Krista has talked about this one a ton. 
And you want to include these because it leads new visitors to pages where they can get to know you and your work more. And this is really important because if someone is landing on your website for the very first time, obviously they need to know more about you and what you do before they can make a decision on whether or not they want to hire you. So just a few ideas would be your about page, maybe your blog if you have one, and even some portfolio items. Um, I initially was thinking services because as of recording this, I have services linked on my homepage. But I do think it is too early to include a link to this page because remember, no one is going to want to send you 2000 or more dollars before they trust you enough um, and really know that you know what you're doing. Yeah, that is such a good point. And this is something I've gone back and forth on a lot. Um, I think it totally depends on how you do it. If you have your services linked like right in your header or something or as something on your homepage that you expect people to click and book from, that's not going to work. But if you have your services there with the goal of making them aware that they exist, then okay. So on my website, I have my three services featured near the top, but under that are all the things that I know people are going to click on. I have things like blog posts, opt-in areas, portfolio items, simpler things that once people see these services, they know they exist, they can keep scrolling and actually find other things to click on. So if you do include your services, I think that's fine. Just don't expect to make money off of your homepage, basically. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. And I know we've talked about this before, um, where I have actually linked to my services in my header before. And it's like, yes, it does increase clicks over to that page, but it didn't necessarily increase inquiries. So I totally agree. Know what your goal is if you're going to link that page or those pages on your homepage. Mm -hmm. So the next thing is one I'm going to let you get a little ranty about, <laughs> and that is to show off your headshot, show off your face on the homepage. So Krista, why don't you take it away? I feel like I have to rant about this really easily. You've been so, or really recently, you've been really nice to me lately. But you guys, please put your headshot on your homepage. And I know some of you are like, oh, I don't want it to be all about me or, oh, I'm not that pretty to look at. Stop it. You're gorgeous for one. And two, if you don't think you are, I don't care. Put your headshot on your homepage anyways. This is so, so, so important because it is huge in building trust. Nothing builds trust faster than letting someone see your face. So I want you to think back to like the last big course or big service you bought. You probably knew what those people looked like. You've probably even seen them on live video, things like that. People need to know what you look like. I would never hire someone without, you know, feeling some kind of personal connection. And it's not like they're judging what you're looking like, what you look like. It is literally just the connection aspect that takes place. And something so simple as including a headshot uh, on a homepage is totally worth it. So if you don't have a headshot, please put one on there. Super easy. Corey. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and first and foremost, I feel like saying that 
as of recording this, I already know the exact date I'm going to be changing my web design. So by the time this episode is coming out, I will have a headshot for you guys. And if I don't, every single one of our listeners can berate my inbox and, you know, let me know what they think about that. Um, But I do want to kind of go off what you were saying a little bit more because I think the two things um, that people really worry about with their headshots is number one, they think people are going to judge them. And Mm -hmm. honestly, I don't care what you look like. It doesn't matter if you are, you know, really cute or if you think you're really ugly. It (laughs) only matters that you actually know what you're doing at the end of the day. Like, you can look like the Loch Ness Monster, and as long (laughs) as you can get the work done, (laughs) that is literally all that matters. And to kind of go off that a little bit more... If there is something unique about your look, I think that's even more of a reason to put that on your website and really kind of show it off. Like I'm thinking of the photographer we had who um, took our pictures for Coded Creative. Mm -hmm. And she had bright teal hair when I met her for the very first time. And I was like, oh, my God, because I wasn't (laughs) expecting that when I met with her. And I was like, I freaking love your hair right now. Like, I just want to stare at it all day long. And I think that's something cool and unique that you can totally show off on in your headshots, you know, if it's on your about page, your homepage and your social media, wherever, like show off how unique and cool you are because some people will absolutely love that and want to hire you even more because of how unique you are. Mm -hmm. And then another thing I kind of wanted to go a little ranty about is a lot of us, and I'm saying us because I've been there before, feel like you don't want to put anything on there because you don't have any headshots. It's like I don't have any super professional photos that I really love that I want to put on there. That's how I feel right now. And I know a lot of business owners and designers, they just feel like, you know, I can't afford to pay to get headshots done or I don't know any photographers. And the thing I have to say here is look around you because there are a ton of photographers I know local to me that may be because a lot of them are military spouses and that's an easy job to have as a military spouse. But I know just in general, there are a lot more people offering photography than you think. And just because they are in your town and they're not online in our community doesn't mean that they're terrible photographers. And not only that, but one thing that um, one of the girls in our mastermind did was she actually bartered her design services for some really awesome headshots and brand photography. And that's a great way if you just flat out cannot afford it because you're broke and you're already eating ramen noodles. I feel like we bring up ramen noodles in every single episode. (laughs) But if you're feeling like you're broke and you just can't afford it, that's a good way to kind of work around it and get some good pictures of yourself that can help you build that trust on your website. I like that idea. Okay, so enough ranting about your headshots. Yes, we're good. We got that covered. (laughs) Yes, I think so. Let's go on and move on to your about page. Now, this is where I feel a lot differently than I think most other people online. Your about page should be about your clients and what they're coming to you for. 
However, it should also be about you, the person, you know, the actual person who's sitting behind the computer, writing these emails, the blog posts, doing the work. Um, And I think most people, I don't think this, I know that most people think you should only include like a smidgen of copy about you. But personally, if I can't get a sense of who you are, either on your website, on social media, I'm not going to feel connected. And that means I'm going to be way less likely to hire you. And I'm curious how you feel about this, Krista. Yeah, I am 100% with you on this. I've been getting really, really annoyed lately with going to websites and clicking over to the about page to literally learn about the person. Okay, I want to know a little bit about what they do, but I want to know about them. But instead, I feel like I'm reading a sales page and it just gives me the wrong vibe. That's not what I'm going there for. So yeah, while I definitely think it's important to like give an idea of how you help, I think if you're not including something about yourself, you are missing out on opportunities. So I definitely agree with you on this, and I wish more people agreed with us. Oh my gosh, I know. I feel like a lot of people, especially right now, are teaching yeah. to write sales copy for the About page, and it's just... I can't connect with you that way. And even if I can build a connection with you on social media, it's not the same about learning what led you to where you are on your about page. So I think the thing is here, you don't have to include a ton of stuff about you. You don't have to write this like personal essay about your life. But instead, it is important to make sure you are including a couple of things. So speaking of that, here are a few things that I think you can include and should include. Um, First of all, information about your brand. You know, what do you do? Who do you help? How do you help them? I think those are really important to list on your about page, like you said. Also, who you are. Like, who is this person that's doing all What's of this What's your stuff? name? <laughs> oh my gosh. Did, please tell me you didn't find a website where they don't even mention their Oh, I've their had name. that. I've had to go to social media accounts before and hope that their name was listed. Oh my <laughs> Lord. Me insane. <laughs> I'm like having a whole moment now. <laughs> okay. Yes. Please mention your name. <laughs> I think it's a really good idea to include maybe just a paragraph or two about who you are on your about page. I currently have something a little bit longer about myself that I may be tweaking by the time this episode goes live, but um, I do think it's beneficial to list, you know, at least a little bit about maybe even how you got to where you are now what with what you're offering. I think that can be good. And then also, I think you can and should include calls to action to your blog posts and your portfolio, maybe things like that. What kind of calls to action, Miss Strategy, do you think people should include here? Blog posts and portfolio, those sound pretty good. I like those. I think you can go a couple different routes. I think those are really good options. Um, For the people I tend to work with, I usually encourage like some kind of email opt-in partway down and at the very bottom services just because um, after someone reads an about page, they trust you, they want to know more. They're, again, they're probably not going to book you, but it's a good place to introduce your services. But I think those four options overall are good things for people to weigh and kind of think about what would work best for them. Yeah, I really like the idea of the opt-in form because I think 
like you were saying, after they've learned more about you, they're going to want to take that one step mm-hmm. to kind of take the relationship further. And an opt-in is a great way to do that. Yeah. Um, I do have just a, a few general tips and they kind of go hand in hand. So please don't write this page in third person. Mm-hmm. I always feel really turned off and I get this weird vibe by people who talk about themselves in the third person <laughs> online and on their website. I'm like, okay. We so, all know you wrote that. <laughs> yeah. And even if you didn't write it, I feel like most copywriters would want to still bring that, like make it sound like the person wrote it. So mm-hmm. it's kind of weird. Um, and like I said, going right along with that is please let your personality shine. So this is one place where you can talk about really fun stuff with your personal life. You know, if you like to include those things, you can be funny, you can be snarky, you can cuss if that's what you and your clients are into. I think this is one of the best places that you can really show off who you are and you don't even have to write like like I said a whole personal essay. Yeah, I actually find myself really drawn to about pages with like 10 random facts about someone. Like I just think they're fun. Like I don't really care as far as business goes, but it's just fun and like when they're there I always read them. So I, I think that and I think it's just a personality thing. I'm learning something personal, I'm having fun doing it. So that's just a little fun thing that some people include. Mm-hmm. And just to kind of give you guys even more of an example, which I think that was a great one. Um, I know for my little smidgen of one paragraph that I have mm-hmm. on my site currently, I mention, you know, kind of where we're located, what I do when I'm not working, and that, like, what I do when I'm not working is like, playing with our dog, binge-watching Netflix shows, going to Target. It's like those little things that really help you kind of show off who you are that I think some people don't even show off on social Mm -hmm. media. Yeah, I remember right when I found you, that section, I think it was, I think it was that section on your about page that mentioned Zoe, and you had a picture of her somewhere on your website. I remember that really mm-hmm. sticking out to him, like, oh, this is fun, look at that cute dog. Like, <laughs> that's, that's as simple as it is, guys. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't have to be really intense, but please ignore the people out there who are telling you that your business is not about you, because... Especially if you're the one person behind the computer, your business is definitely about Mm -hmm. you. Yes. Okay, so let's move on to the more serious pages. Um, Next up is your services. Now, obviously, you have to share what you do somewhere on your website. So this would be on your services page. And I think it's important to point out here that you want to talk about the benefits of working with you and what you do instead of just what you do. So remember that people have a basic idea of what we do as designers. Even if you lined up five brand designers and they offered five different packages, we all still do similar things. And at the end of the day, you're still getting a logo and basically everyone understands that. So it's not necessarily about informing them of what you do, but kind of selling them on working with you specifically and even just investing in themselves and their business. 
Yeah, and I think this was one of the biggest mistakes we talked about back in episode 16 was focusing on what you do and what they're getting and not like why they should care about those things. Great, I have a little picture thing to put in the header of my website. Why do I care? Like you guys know it's really obvious to you, so that's probably why a lot of people don't put it on your website, but it's important to your clients. So why do they care about a logo? Why do they care about full branding or a website design? Why does it matter to them? So important. Exactly. And I think it's good to touch on those things before you even lead into mm-hmm. your services. Yeah. But moving on to that, I think you obviously want to include the different types of services you offer. And generally, you want to offer, I would say, no more than three. I think mm-hmm. three is like the rule of thumb number of services that I see basically all designers offering. And speaking of your different packages or services, whatever you want to call them, um, you want to be clear on what's included. So let people know and don't make up, please don't make up cute names. Don't make up cute names for the services, the actual things they're getting, because this is going to confuse people more than anything. And I guess this is also just my personality. Come on. (laughs) Come on. So make sure that you're being specific and that your actual target market will understand. Maybe your target market likes um, having the cutesy random names. That's totally cool. But if they don't, you can't use those. (laughs) You also want to consider showing off the price of your packages I know that showing off the price or at least a starting point can help make sure that the people who are reaching out to you can actually afford to work with you. And this can help weed out getting a ton of inquiries that you have to deal with of people who are like, I have a budget of $25. What can you do for me? (laughs) (laughs) Send you this reply. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I wanted to um, like kind of remind people what we're talking about again. Um, We're talking about how to use your website to get clients. And I think that that your point on not including more than three services is so important for getting clients because a lot of people are like, oh, I want to give people options. You know, I don't know exactly what they want. Well, one, you should know what they want. You should know exactly what the people you want to work with want. But even if you offer more than three things, narrowing it down to three on your website is so important because people are not going to get overwhelmed with all these choices. I regularly book five different services, but only three of them are on my website. The other two are kind of cross-sells or down-sells that I end up going to based on what, you know, people who inquire on those. And I mean, it's totally natural. It happens easily. It's not like um, something that becomes stressful in your process. So please narrow it down to three. I know it's tempting to have this whole long list of things you can do, but it's just going to hurt hurt your booking process overall. Yeah, I totally agree. And I'm really glad that you brought that up because it goes back to niching yourself as a designer. And we should probably have a whole episode on Mm. that one of these days. Um, But it is really important that you're not trying to appeal to the masses and that you're not trying to offer too much variety. Because just an example, when I go to Publix, which is where I like to go to look for new tea, They have seriously the largest variety of tea I've ever seen. And you can ask my husband. I just stand there and I'm like, I I don't know. And I end up walking out with another Mm -hmm. box of what I already have in the pantry because it's too much 
it's like too many brands, too many different varieties for the brand. I don't freaking know how to make a decision off that. Like, Mm -hmm. so, you know, you just move on or you stick with Old Faithful. So, yeah, definitely a good point to make. Another thing that I think you can and should share on your services page to really help you get those clients is anything unique that you do within your services. So this reminds me of one of the coaching calls that I had earlier this year. And she, similarly to Jamie of Spruce Road that we talked to a while back, offered the one logo option. And this is really unique. Not a lot of designers are doing this, at least as of recording. There could be like everyone change their process tomorrow. Um, But I was telling her it's really important to kind of show this off in some way to your clients because clients may be overwhelmed at the thought of getting all of these choices from other designers and you can really boost your expertise and just make it more exciting to work with you if you let people know on your services page or on a process page even exactly what you do that is so unique. Yeah, it will make you stand out from the 5,000 other designers. That was that number was way too low. 15,000 <laughs> yeah. other designers who do things the exact same way. Yeah, exactly. So another thing you can do and should do is to tell potential clients um, what the next step is if they want to inquire working with you, which I'm going to talk about um, in a minute or so. And that would be just leading to a contact form, some kind of intake form, but you have to tell them what the next step is. Otherwise, they're going to be like, I don't know what to do now. (laughs) Even accepting clients, how do I do this? Mm -hmm. And then I also think it's a good idea to sprinkle in a few testimonials so that potential clients can see right away just how everyone felt working with Mm -hmm. you. Very important, especially for designers. You started your own design business. Yay! The creative side of your business, the side where you get to spend your days designing, rocks. But everything else, not so much. Maybe your days are starting to run you and you found yourself not doing nearly as much design work as you'd like to be. Instead, you're trying to stay afloat under an ever-growing to-do list of invoicing, sending contracts, staying organized, scheduling projects, and so much more. You're making money, but you know if you could just get your business more organized and create a better client experience, then it'll be easier to raise your rates and make running your own design business more enjoyable for you. If you're ready to ditch all of that overwhelm and get back to loving what you do and even looking forward to getting to work in the morning, head to getbacktodesign.co slash coaching and learn about how we can work together one-on-one to streamline and grow your business so you can get back to design. And moving on to a related page would just be your portfolio page. So we have talked about this, um, what to show off in your portfolio, that kind of thing, in several other episodes. But the key is to actually show off your work and the project details. 
So don't just share these little screen grabs and no information, no link, no nothing. They're just these tiny little images that are, you know, as big as those flip phone screens <laughs> that we all used to have. Because how will the client know what you did for that project? How are they going to know what it really looks like? You know, it's just, mm-hmm. it's not enough. Nope. So on your portfolio page, your projects should be more of what you want. And we talked about this in great detail in episode 22. But the general idea here is to only show off work that you really enjoy and that you would actually want more of. And then obviously you want to show off your best work. Don't show anything that you're not really proud of because people are going to sense that and they actually might not think it's that good of work compared Mm -hmm. to some of your other stuff. And then quality over quantity is really important when it comes to your portfolio. I said this in episode 22, I believe, But I would much rather see like six projects that are really amazing than a dozen projects that are so-so. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Yeah, you don't want to underwhelm people with your portfolio. Like that's not the goal. (laughs) Yeah, no. If you want to get clients through your website, you have to be like actually showing off some good work. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, Also, going along with your projects in your portfolio, you can include details of what you did, especially if you did anything fancy and new. So one project in my portfolio, I list all these fancy features that I figured out how to code with your help (laughs) because it's like, hey, I've never done this before. I want to show this off. (laughs) Yeah. And again, it's another attention grabber, just like those amazing looking pieces, something special you do that maybe someone else either doesn't do or the potential client doesn't know someone else can do, that's just something else that makes you stand out. Exactly. And then lastly, just include a link to the site or somewhere they can see the branding as long as your work is still being used. So very important. Mm -hmm. Don't include the link if your client changed their website design six months after working with you. So I know this episode is getting kind of long, you guys. We just have a couple more pages to go through. Um, But the next page, and this one is, I think, just as important as the last two that we talked about. And this is your contact page. So when you are trying to get potential clients to inquire with you, your contact page really freaking matters. So I think most people and most designers just have this really generic form and it's like name, email, tell me about your project, and that's it. And that is not enough information to be getting because it's going to lead to a ton of back and forth emails just so you can get enough information to even give the potential client a quote. Like you're going to be worn out and tired (laughs) before the project has even started. So instead, you want to include specific questions on your contact form or even have a special intake form that you send potential clients to. I know I have special extra questions on my regular contact form, but I still try to lead inquiries from my services page to fill out this separate intake form because I can get way more specific information from them on there. Um, And I will include links to my regular contact form and the actual intake one in the show notes so you guys can see how they're very different. 
Questions you can ask, though, regardless of what kind of form you have set up, would just be what do you need done? Obviously, if you have packages, I like having a little checklist where they can pick whatever they want done. Um, Their budget, deadline, the goal with their brand or website. So I think this is really important to know because it can help you get started and get an idea and inspiration going before the project is even started. Aesthetics that they like and a little bit about their business. So, Krista, I feel like that's a lot of questions already, but do you ask anything that I am not including here? Well, I do mine a bit different. Actually, my contact form is literally just name, email, message, but I don't want clients inquiring through there. If a client inquires through there, I just send them a link and be like, actually, can you fill this out instead? Because, because yeah, I want, I want my contact form to be simple enough for, you know, people to reach out about anything. And my uh, services pages link several times to this other specialized form. So it's basically the only time a client is going to land on here is if like they're being totally random or want a service that they don't see on my website, in which case I'll just send them a special form. Um, but since I do development, my questions are a little bit different, but I think they're very similar to what you ask here. I ask for a budget deadline, things like what pages they need, if it's going to be, you know, fully custom, what kind of special features, things like that. Things that will help me, you know, start thinking about a quote and um, whether or not this project would be a good fit. Um, And then give me, you know, what I need to ask any follow-up questions to finalize those thoughts. I think that's a really good point to make about the, like, general contact form that you have on your site. I leave, like, a spot open where people can say they're trying to get in touch with me for something else, not services. But I think at the end of the day, I found that I was still getting people inquiring with me through that contact form. So if I was going to have to go back and forth with the questions, I would rather have the extra options there Um, to kind of try to catch everyone that was trying to contact me um, and get as much information as possible rather than be like, please go fill out this other form, you crazy person who clearly didn't You did not do this the smart way. Here's this other thing. Try again. (laughs) Yeah, it's like you clearly did not just read my website. Uh So try again. (laughs) Red flag number one. There we go. Um, And like I was saying before, this may seem like a lot, but the more you ask, the fewer questions and emails you have back and forth just to get enough information for the quote. Mm -hmm. Now, your last page that I want to talk about in this episode is your blog. And your blog is a great way to continue to attract more clients. And I think one main reason that you might want to consider blogging if you aren't already is that it's a platform you are always going to be in control of. So you can always post whatever you want. You can send it. You know, people will click or they won't click. But you don't have to worry about all these crazy algorithms that social media is throwing our way. However, blogging is not required. But if you are interested in blogging to attract clients, or maybe you are trying to figure out how to tweak what you're doing already to attract more clients, then here are a few things that you can keep in mind. Number one, share things that show off your knowledge. If you are a designer, you do not need to teach people about social media. And I'm saying that with this really... 
Um, She's being a brat, you guys. Mug <laughs> grin on my face because I feel like a lot of people online have fallen into this trap of I need to be an expert in this that I do, but I also need to be an expert in everything else. Mm-hmm. And that's not the case. You just need to be an expert in what you do. There. Point blank. She's so satisfied. (laughs) I am. And honestly, if I could create a whole separate episode about this, I would be on my soapbox for a long time. I would start the episode with a disclaimer telling everyone to please beware. (laughs) Go ahead and skip if they don't feel like getting yelled at and then just let you go to town. If you don't feel like getting yelled at and if you don't feel like getting ticked off and (laughs) wanting to hate me because that would probably happen. But moving on, um, another thing you can do on your blog is show off your work. I know both of us really love posting the projects that we're working on once they're done as a great way to just share more information about the project, you know, a case study, just get all of that stuff out there that maybe is too much for just the portfolio project. This also serves as a reminder to your audience of what it is that you do. So this may sound crazy, but sometimes people are following you and they're like, I really like this person, but to be honest with you, I have no clue what they do to make money. (laughs) So I think this is a good way to just kind of put that out there and keep reminding your audience that, hey, you're this really awesome brand designer or website designer. And if they are looking for similar work, they can hire you. And then my last really important note here is to be specific to your niche. So if you have narrowed in, which like we have been saying is an amazing idea, write content that is specific to the target market you're trying to attract. So going back to what I said earlier, if you are trying to attract social media people, then by all means, maybe you can write about design and social media. But if you are trying to attract bloggers, it is a better idea to write content that will attract them. And I think, um, I hope I'm not butchering her name, but Lindsay Humes is a great example of this. She works with a lot of like really professional bloggers. And so all of the content that she's putting on her blog is directly related back to them. I like that. Um, But Krista, is there anything you think I'm missing here with using their blog to attract clients? I have a couple of things I thought of. Um, Your first point about showing off your knowledge, I think, is really good. But I think sometimes, like, it's hard to do because it is like, okay, is this, like, related to my audience? Should I write about this? And something that has helped me a lot lately is, like, making sure each of my posts has a goal. So is the goal to show off my past work? Is it to grow my email list? Is it for them to, you know, realize they need my services? Stuff like that. So thinking of that has helped me a lot lately, or at least when I get a post topic, I can kind of think through it like that and be like, okay, yes, this is a good idea. Or no, this is crap. What are you talking about? (laughs) Um, And then second, I think it's important to note that while these, you know, things like sharing your knowledge and showing off your work are important, I think it's also important to show off yourself depending on your audience. So 
for me, I feel kind of weird doing it. My audience is designers, and I think that leaves a little space for me in both directions. It's good for me to show off my personality and stuff like that, but I also don't want to get like too crazy. So I have balanced that with doing monthly review posts where I literally post like things that have gone well, things that haven't gone done gone well, little personal updates, things like that. So I can kind of mix it in like that. Corey is starting to write more lifestyle content, which makes sense if she's targeting lifestyle brands. So think about how maybe some personal content could tie into your blog. Don't force it. If you are working with like lawyers, no, just don't do it. (laughs) Um, But if it fits with your audience, consider getting a little personal here and there. Yeah, I think this is a really good point, and it goes back to what we were talking about on the About page. And this is a whole other thing that I could get really soapbox ranty and have a whole one episode dedicated (laughs) to. Blogging has really drastically changed. Let me just combine this ranty episode into a minute. Blogging has really changed a lot since I got started in 2012. When I got started, I was following a lot of designers, and a lot of those designers were sharing their work. They were sharing really awesome, cool information, and then they were also sharing about themselves and their lives. And I felt so connected and still do to some extent to some of those bloggers because they were putting their lives out there as well. And even if I never hire them, which I probably wouldn't, but I still feel this like great sense of respect and they would be one of the first people that I go to. Whereas the people who don't ever share anything about themselves, even on social media, it's like, I don't know you. I don't really feel this connection with you. So I think even if you just do what you do, Krista, which is this one blog post every month about kind of a wrap up of how the whole month has been and um, what you've been really excited about. That's still like a cool way for your audience to get to know you. And if nothing else, it's a great way to build relationships with your peers Mm -hmm. because I think all obviously all of us are like curious how everyone else does things and like what they're doing in their personal life. Um, So I think that's a good way to build that relationship, even like I said, with your peers. And remember that your peers can bring you clients as well. So Mm -hmm. one long episode into maybe hopefully just a minute minute. and 20 seconds. I tell you. (laughs) (laughs) So to kind of recap the whole entire episode here, a lot of people want to look to social media and just other marketing methods to get clients. And that is great, but you want to remember that your website can actually do a lot for you when it comes to attracting clients. Now, remember, this is where you are giving all of the information about what you do and who you work with. So this can really make or break whether or not a potential client actually wants to hire you. So the action steps for this episode would be to go through the show notes and your website at the same time and make notes of anything that you can improve. And then obviously set aside time in the next couple of months to actually make those changes based on what we have talked about in this episode. Thank you so much for listening. For show notes, past episodes, and more information about the two of us, visit us online at getbacktodesign.co. If you enjoyed today's show, it would mean the world to Krista and I if you take two minutes to head on over to iTunes and leave a review. While you're there, don't forget to subscribe so you can be the first to know when new episodes are available. 
Now put what you learned into action so you can streamline and grow your business, ditch the code, and get back to design. Design.